I am feeling hot today. We're back in the fire. <laughs> nice to <laughs> nice to be back. Nice for to be back with our listeners here and with Peter and Thomas. Uh, if you're joining in and listening, thanks for joining us. Uh, Peter, Thomas, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good, Justin. Yep. But I've yep. been plagued by a question. Yes. This question is, what did the firefighter say when he saw the church burning down? Oh, no. I will say that is a burning question, T. I don't know. <laughs> he said, holy smoke. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> We got some holy smoke. Pouring out of your phone, or however you're listening to this thing. Uh, what, a, what a great segue! I do like that one. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll get on to to the topic today at uh, more more pressing matters. Thank you for the joke, Thomas. Uh, you're welcome. Today we're going to look at the idea of uh, us being, you know, us being believers. How we are strangers in a strange land, or foreigners in a foreign land, or sojourners sojourning in a uh, sojourned land <laughs> foreign land indeed indeed <laughs> all words that might come up throughout the day uh, we're looking at a couple different <laughs> passages of scripture peter chapter two and then we're also going to look in hebrews uh chapter 11 so a couple good books of the bible to touch on uh, some things that we'll talk about have come up in the in previous podcasts uh, we'll mention those when they happen so you can Maybe go back and listen, get a little more context to those. But that's true for a lot of what we do. So, I mean, if you listen enough to this thing, you'll hear different themes, different uh, ideas that were in past podcasts. Um, if you have not yet, I suggest you go and listen to all of those. There's, what, 30, 36 of them now? Mm-hmm. Every single yeah. one. So, just a marathon. Just <laughs> binge them all. I mean, it'll only, only take, take about a day about, and a half. It'll take you about 30 hours, yeah. So, <laughs> um, there's nothing wrong with that. No, uh, nothing wrong with it. Not at all. Uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the reading. Thomas, I'm going to call on you to read our passage out of 1 Peter. This is 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 through 23, if you are listening along. Verses 11 through 23. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Be subject to the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil, to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put silence, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God, honor the emperor. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, and not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing, when, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if, when, for what credit is it if when you sin, you are beaten for it, you endure? But if it is 
But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure... Oh my gosh, I can't say <laughs> Spit it out. When you. You do, <laughs> if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Jesus Christ also suffered for you, leaving, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was it deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. The word of God. Yes, it is. And thank you to uh, Peter, not our Peter, but Bible Peter, for uh, a little bit of a confusing few verses in there. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hard we, to read. I apologize. Been, uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's no problem. Uh, it's all Peter's fault. So... Yeah. <laughs> I have to stand up for my fellow namesake <laughs> and I take offense to that. <laughs> so so reading through this, these are some verses that we've touched on before. At the very start of the podcast, actually, one of the first few episodes, we talked about kind of submission to government authorities, earthly authorities. And we looked mostly at a passage out of Romans from Paul, but we also alluded to this passage here, verses 13 through 17 specifically. Um, and, and that plays a part in what we're going to talk about today. Um, and we're going to look at a little more of the context surrounding those verses. But for you guys reading this, uh, reading it for the first time or, you know, discussing it now for the first time, any any ideas that you want to get out there? Um, you know, the one of the first reactions I had to this was I actually went ahead and, um, as I often do, read a couple of verses that before uh, verse 11 here and one of the things that hit me was in verse 9 um, when Peter writes um, you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light um, so we see that that we are a chosen generation a royal priesthood and a holy nation and a special people followed by we are sojourners and pilgrims um, so I think that's a important dichotomy. I think it's really neat that uh, we are both holy and special and we have this chosenness, but at the same time, we're called strangers on earth. Um, and so that kind of brought back in my mind to the Old Testament. Uh, I think this is like typified through Israel who were sojourners throughout much of the uh, those books being driven from their land, enslaved and outcast. But the Lord, at the same time, promised that he would deliver them, uh, which he ended up doing. Um, and so today, I think, you know, with Christ, that Old Testament economy of being sojourners, but also with chosen people, uh, is what belongs to the entirety of the Church of God. Um, and so, you know, I think that sets a great stage for the rest of this passage. Um, when we know that, we know our eternal inheritance is in the kingdom of heaven. And no matter where we are on earth. Um, we have a, a perfect example of um, God being with us. And I think that should drive us and motivate us to do the rest of the things in this passage. Yeah, yeah I, I would think you're certainly on to something. Um, Thomas, did you have anything to add there? Um, I just think that I really love verses 16 and 17. Um, those people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up, 
for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Mm. Um, I think it's just a good picture of just like practical things that we can do. Um, and it's not that, that we've been set free so that we may pursue the, our, own, our own things that we want and live in our own selfish freedom after we've been saved, but we've been set free to live the way we're called to live. Um, and we're called to honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the emperor and respect them and treat them as image bearers of Christ and God. Yeah, definitely. And I think you both bring up kind of the main the main points of what we're looking at today. Peter, I'll touch on yours first because we're gonna come we're gonna loop back to it when we when we get into Hebrews, the idea of um this paradox almost of, you know, we are a holy nation, but we are also foreigners in a strange land, sojourners and pilgrims in a world where uh, that's not our ultimate home. It's it's a weird thing to look at. Um and one good example of it would be Israel in the Old Testament. And when we get into Hebrews, we're actually, that's what the writer of Hebrews is going to discuss in a little more detail and bring in some more specific examples from the Old Testament. We'll look at like Abraham, Noah, uh, people like that who, who lived in this manner and did so rightfully, successfully, uh, faithfully. Um, so we'll loop back to that and there's plenty more to discuss there. And then Thomas, I think I, I, do completely agree with you, you know, um, the idea that we are to live in this world respecting all around us is, is certainly, I think, the main point of this passage. Um, and it's what's getting at submission of government, submission to, you know, earthly masters and whatnot. Um, we are to submit in the name of something greater, in the name of someone greater. And that's overall what we're going to draw, I think, out of the entirety discussion. Um, for me, reading this somewhat along those lines, I, I get a sense that, like I thought I was reading this last night, um, and as I was going through, an analogy kind of formed in my mind where it's like, imagine that um, the setup of it's like foreigners in a strange land, you are uh, a guest at someone else's house. How are you supposed to act to that someone else? Like, you know, you go over to your friend's house for a night, how are you supposed to act towards their parents, even if they do things that you wouldn't normally do, even if they eat at a later time or, uh, you know, are a little bit different than what your family would do. You have to show respect and submission to that family while you're there. Um, I don't know. That kind of helped illustrate it for me. You know, mm. you go over to someone else's home, you're expected to act in a reasonable, respectful, kind manner towards that person. Yeah, I love that analogy. Um, and I think it's very, especially in today's world where you, you, you have that analogy in mind and you see, the first thing that comes to my mind is social media. Um, when you apply that to social media and think, mm -hmm. oh, like how are, we, how are we treating others and other people's ideas and what they state about the world? So I think it's very toxic. And there's more than just that example on Twitter, but also just, living in the real world people face to face um it's toxic for christians to i guess present ourselves to the world in a way where we sort of violate that idea of being a guest in front of someone else and violate that respect for others um especially when we're supposed to 
be be Christ-like and show Christ to the world. Mm. I definitely agree. Um, it's easy to... I, I, and I'm taking this back to what I was saying. It's easy to sit in, in our position and separate ourselves from the world, I think, too. Um, it's easy to be like, oh, I am a Christian. I'm no longer part of this world, so I'm going to take myself out of it. And in a way, no longer give respect to those who are still in it and kind of leave them behind, um, which is definitely something that's possible. And I think it, you, you see it the most in probably the U.S. Protestantism of like in, being individual in your faith and having your own faith in a way which is it is true and is good but also like just pursuing God on your own you need to pursue the God with your brothers and sisters in Christ you need to pursue God with the body of Christ uh, we're not one but we are we're not one individual but we are one body and each person has different gifts and makes up different parts of the body and it's easy to kind of step away from that and step into, oh, I'm just going <laughs> to care about myself and my own faith when we should be caring about the faith of the collective much more. Um, and, and yeah, misrepresenting ourselves to the world as super holy and righteous people when we're <laughs> most yeah. definitely not. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's perfect. And that really gets to the heart of kind of what I wanted to hit on, which is where we can apply this passage in our lives today and thomas touched on it like you you look at the world around us and specifically the country we are in um and you know a very a country that yeah you know, set up kind of on these christian values so you know a lot of what we see around us follows those values and it's not necessarily new to us but i think a lot of it twists those values in um ways that aren't quite as uh, proper to what we see here and uh, you look at verses 11 through 12 11 and 12 what we read here and then 13 through 17 also uh, cover it with the submission to government but 11 through 12 says i beg you as sojourners and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul and then 12 having your conduct honorable among the gentile gentiles here referring in, in to like non-believers um uh, honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Um, so, you know, it's by our actions, by our works that the people around us are going to judge us and they will judge us. That's going to happen. Um, and you want to set forth a commendable, good example and a good picture of what it actually looks like to follow God. Otherwise you're giving the wrong picture to the rest of society, which we see a ton in today's world. I think, you know, I think non-believers look at believers, look at the church often and get the wrong idea of what it actually means to follow God because of the way that Christians act um, in a lot of different scenarios and without going into too much detail because we don't want to bog ourselves down in the details here. Um, I think we just need to watch how we act, the things that we choose to stand up for 
and how we choose to stand up for those, we need to keep a close watch on that. So we paint this picture of what it actually looks like to follow God. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's really powerful what you just said, Justin. Um, and yeah, I think not just in, like you mentioned, like America, for example, is sort of built on these Christian foundations and these values. Um, but I think, you know, it has reached sort of a point um, where like there's a separation from those values from, you know, the love of Christ and, and God's mm-hmm. commandments. And then like, you take those values separate from that and then sort of turn them into life of your own and value those values for that, their sake, instead of looking to, you know, Christ and God and what he's, what he's instructing us to do here. Um, I was reading a John Piper sermon about this, um, about this passage. And <laughs> he, I mean, this is a, it's a transcript, but in all caps, it, translates a lesson that he likes to stress which is saying quote unquote doing good deeds before an onlooking world is a necessary part of declaring god's marvelous works and making him a name on the earth um and so also you combine that with in verse 13 here it says for the lord's sake um we -hmm. obey the government and we do good um and so, you know, I think it's important to always keep keep the main thing the main thing and really the result of, or the, not the result, the source of doing these actions should be to really propagate God's love and be, um, represent the kingdom of Christ in a world where we are sojourners. Yeah, I love, I love that point about be subject for the Lord's sake, right? Be subject to the human institutions for the Lord's sake. We're here for the Lord, you know, just like, like you said, um, just keep that as a priority, you know, and we, and to bring it back to what Justin said in the beginning about going into someone else's home, like we are, we, we are, yes, visiting their home, but like, because we are sojourners in this foreign land, we, as Christians, in a way, represent all of Christianity to people who aren't Christian. Exactly. Uh, and so when we when we visit other people's homes and we visit other places, we are we may might be the sole person in their life that's Christian. Then that they have built their whole concept of what Christianity is around what we do. Um, we are under the microscope of the people of uh, in the foreign nation, you know. Um, and you can you can extrapolate that into into go, visiting other countries um like if i go to a country that i've never been to been to before and i'm just this raunchy loud mean rude american who's coming in and just like <laughs> taking a dump on their country you know like that's that's what they're <laughs> gonna think america is a bunch of people like who just take craps everywhere, you know, (laughs) for lack of better terminology. (laughs) Um, In the same way, if we as Christians go into other people's homes and do not live in this foreign land, like for the Lord, trying to do good deeds for the Lord's sake, we become that image in this land's mind of, oh, those Christians, they're the worst. They don't, they don't practice anything about what they believe. They don't, they don't live for the Lord's sake. They don't do all that when 
in reality, we should be living for the Lord. We should be doing the good deeds for the Lord, that it both in turn protects the image of Christianity and spreads the gospel. Yeah, no, that's that's perfectly said. And I think it, it illustrates a point where, you know, there's a line that has to be drawn for the church, for Christians today, for us. We have to draw a line between, uh, yes, standing up for our faith. We need to do that. And then on the other side of the line, it's kind of selfish arrogance that we disguise almost as standing up for our faith. And that's where we draw the, that's where the problem becomes because people see that and they can see the arrogance there. It doesn't, you know, it's obvious. Mm-hmm. And because the, the world is smart, people out there are smart. They can see when people are, you know, uh, putting on this face of holiness uh, to cover up just pride and arrogance. Um that happens and I, I know it's a and there's not going to be a firm answer for this it's a tough line to draw there's no like one answer to where that line is i think it's just a, a feeling with your heart you have to be able to sense that out and understand it and it takes a lot of wisdom and prayer and um for me this this show is based this podcast um we came up with it on the of shadrach meshach and abednego and there's a line that you can draw you know like us, they would have been called to stand up to the earthly authority or to, to follow earthly authorities. But when those authorities truly got in the way of their faith, Daniel, three guys, and the examples we're going to look at in the New Testament, it's kind of the same thing, but those three guys stood up for their faith and did so in a righteous way. And we need to be able to do that in an actual righteous, commendable way and be mm-hmm. willing to suffer for it. Um, but not do so in the other way where we're doing it out of pure selfish pride for ourselves. There's a difference there and it's hard to, it's hard to draw, you know, Um, but it it exists. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Like you said, it's hard to draw. It's such a, and it's a difficult battle and it takes a lot of prayer and wisdom and reading the word of God. And we're in perfect store never get a, never get to perfectly follow it i guess we're going like we're going to mess up in this but um you know if we really glorify god through what we do and have this honorable conduct you know i think that involves a lot of really just leaning on mercy and grace and extending that to other people um and doing it submitting through humility i guess you know um i also think of the fruits of the spirit um, we talked about a little bit last week, like long suffering, um, humbly enduring, patiently enduring, uh, these things that are contra, uh, the kingdom of God as we are foreigners in this sinful world and having the self-control and other fruit spirit, to, uh, um, not act out selfishly or harshly or aggressively in any way um and doing that and representing the word of god and glorifying god while also trying to show people the right the right way um it is a tall task and it's difficult but again i think you know it involves a lot of leaning on grace and mercy and humility it does Uh, i also want to touch on and that kind of transitions this because you just mentioned kind of enduring 
long suffering uh, verses like 18 through 21. I won't read it in its entirety again, but Peter writes here about there's a difference between suffering for the sake of righteousness, suffering for God's sake and doing so patiently and with faith. And then suffering for our own faults, for things that we bring upon ourselves selfishly and with pride. And that's verse 20. What credit is it when you are beaten for your faults, if you take it patiently, like, you know, or pretending to suffer for something that you're really not suffering for righteously. There's a, you know, again, there's a difference there. And we need to be conscious of that, that idea that yes, we're going to suffer for things in this world. Um, and you can do so righteously and suffer for righteous things, but there's also not like fake suffering, but <laughs> suffering for things that we bring upon ourselves, uh, <laughs> that we have no right to bring upon ourselves. Um, whether that's, you know, a government authority and we're suffering under that government authority. Are you really? Or is that something that you're just saying you are? Uh, and you look at the rest of the world around you, there are actually, there are people out there who are suffering under authority mm. in this world and do so patiently and, and with holiness, right? Um, but yeah. then there are also people who claim to be suffering under under that very thing but are doing so in a toxic way mm -hmm. yeah well yeah i mean when you're <laughs> you compare like what's going on in america like are we are we really suffering um or are we just making it about ourselves and <laughs> not following um i guess not following what is commendable before god um and you look at you know afghanistan for example that just got can overrun and controlled by the Taliban. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think you read these verses and you think about like the Taliban in Afghanistan and you're like, okay, Peter, what, a, what about this? You're saying submit to government considering this, but Peter himself was not naive to the um, vicious world of government corruption and wickedness. Um, you know, this going back to a, uh, the um, John Piper passage I was reading uh, he mentions that Peter was well aware of and lived under Nero and Pilate and Herod. Mm -hmm. um, so he knew the depravity of human nature and utterly ruinous corruption that political power can bring. Um, but yet again, in verse 13, he says, submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one authority or to government that's sent by him. Um, and that's, I mean, it's just such a hard thing to do. And there is a line, a time to speak out, but doing it, um, for a way that glorifies God is commendable before him um, in a way that we can do good and suffer at the same time. It's, it's not easy at, at all. Um, but I think by joyfully submitting to Christ and valuing him above everything else, then we can be able to endure this, glorify him, um, and do this good while also suffering under a government or authority that we are told to submit to. Yeah. Um, I think the ultimate question, and we'll, we'll close up this section and move to Hebrews. I think the ultimate question here is, you know, are you doing things for God or are you doing things for yourself? Um, am I doing things for God or am I doing it for me? That's a question we need to ask. Um, 
And then I think a big point to take away is, you know, submitting to God means submitting to the world that he has set up for us to live in. And that's the world we are in right now. Uh, We have to submit to that because we submit to God who created it and who controls all of it. Um, And we do so, I think, with faith that living in this world, there is something greater coming for us. And that's the key to it. That's what we're going to get into in Hebrews um, in the next 10, 15 minutes. Uh, I'm going to have Peter read this section out of Hebrews, which is Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 16. And if either of you have anything to add on uh, the passage from First Peter, feel free to do so now, or as we discuss Hebrews 2, they'll interrelate a little bit. All right. T, you ready? All right. All right. Well, I'll just <laughs> get moving then. <laughs> now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the God, so that the things which are are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained a witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And through it, he being dead, still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death, and was not found because God had taken him, quote-unquote. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. 16 through 16, not 6. Oh, through 16. And I continue. (laughs) By faith, Noah. (laughs) Okay, I can see this now. Being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, uh, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of, 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 promise, of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, with heirs, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, before she judged him faithful who was promised, who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as deed were born as many as the stars of the sky as multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having them, having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland, and truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to to return. But now they desire a a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. There it is. There we go. Uh, 13 through 16 really tackles the heart of the issue here, I think. Um, yeah, those are closes, those are powerful, powerful verses there. Yeah, yeah, it closes down with that idea. It gives us a lot of examples. And then actually, so this chapter actually continues on for a little while talking about more examples. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty more. It goes back to Abraham and Moses. Um, 
it hits David and Solomon and Samuel. And so, you know, you keep getting examples of these individuals in the Bible in the Old Testament who lived as in a foreign land, very literally, um, but also in a very spiritual sense. So I, I think it paints a good picture. And if you you know, have, you know, the basic Old Testament knowledge, this is understandable. You have Abraham leading Israel, uh, Moses leading Israel through kind of these foreign lands. And even at one point in between there, there, um, the nation of Israel is enslaved in Egypt in a literal foreign land. And they have to live there as strangers, knowing that something greater is going to be coming. And how do they know that? It's through faith. And that's the answer to all of this, I think. Yeah, faith is such a big theme through this passage. And I really I really do love those verses 13 through 16, because that does get at the heart of it. Um, that um, for those who say that, okay, so hold on. They, all these examples, like, the Hebrews then goes on to mention afterwards in these verses that um, that confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. Um, and so that takes a lot of faith to leave to leave your place on earth, to leave where you were from, and then seek it seek another homeland. And then, but I think you know that faith can be powered by the realization that. Um, that even though we have may have an opportunity to return to homeland in a physical sense, as these characters did when they were called out, that they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. I think that's really valuing what this heavenly country offers as opposed to an earthly country. And that really, I think, powers our faith. Um, I have a quote here from David Guzik, who's... Uh, Love it. Writes, <laughs> ...writes the Blue Letter Bible, who we um, uh, source from often. Um, mm -hmm. He says... Uh, believers have a new life principle, chosen generation, a new access to God, a royal priesthood, a new government, holy nation, and a new power, his own special people. It will affect the way the believer lives life. Um, and so I think that's a perfect example of having an eternal perspective on, on earth. And that is really what makes us be okay with being sojourners in the foreign land, because we have this access to a heavenly inheritance as we are chosen by God. Um, and then we have you know, a duty or a desire to live this out and to be a, a beacon of, of hope and love uh, in a way that is pleasing to God to show this, this heavenly inheritance to others because it is so much sweeter than anything on earth. It is. Um, and the idea of having faith and hope looking forward to that, that's what should be carrying us through, right? Um, all these people that were mentioned here in Hebrews, all these Old Testament individuals, um, they suffered pretty greatly in various ways uh, for almost just the fact that they were this, you know, a kingdom of God, members of a different kingdom living here on the earth. They felt that um, and they felt it in, in several ways, physically, um, mentally, emotionally, I'm sure, spiritually, I would think so. David actually in Psalms alludes to this idea several times where he is um, 
the idea. It's Psalm 39.12, for I'm a stranger with thee and a sojourner as all my fathers were. So David points this out. It's an idea that keeps coming up throughout the Bible that, you know, we are not made for this world. We're made for another world that we have to have this hope in while we live on this world. But while we live on this world, there is still a lot of work to be done. Um, and you see these people, Noah is one that stands out to me as someone who realizes that, you know, he knows that there's something greater at play and that that's, he has that to look forward to, but he also takes it upon himself through faith to actually get the work that he needs to do done. He gets it done while he's here and he carries out his purpose on this world, but knows he had a greater purpose. That's why mm -hmm. he's doing the work. Yeah, great example. I mean, it's, and with Noah, like it took him decade. I think I can't remember how long it took. It took him like a hundred years to, <laughs> in which he followed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah followed through with all this faith. Um, example that comes to my mind that I love is the Abraham example. Um, so before Abraham was named Abraham, he was just Abram. Uh, a little, little factoid here is that Abram itself means the father is exalted. And then Abraham means the father of many nations. Um, and so when Abraham, li Abram listens to God uh, in Genesis 12, when God says, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land, I will show you, I'll make you into a great nation, I will bless you. Um, he sort of goes from being the father, the father is exalted, which is great. So, I mean, just a, a great name meaning to Abraham, which is the father of many nations when he has faith in God and leans on the promises that God makes for him and that he says he will bless you. Um, and it's also worth noting that Abraham here was 75 years old when he, <laughs> when God commanded him to do this, to be a sojourner in a foreign land. Um, but then again, the Lord says, do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield and your very great reward. Um, and so I think, you know, that really harkens back to those verses 13 through 16 and that reading 15 here. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. Um, and that, I mean, God says that if Abram wanted to return, he would have had the opportunity. But he sees and trusts and has faith um, in the in the long run that the end result will be so much more beautiful knowing that you have inheritance with God and can trust God and that he will make him into the father of many nations, which I think is very neat. It certainly is. Um, Thomas? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard from you for a I while. Suspect, <laughs> I suspect Thomas is unable to communicate at the moment. <laughs> it, says, it says he's still connected, so he's probably... <laughs> We yes. do know Thomas is curious, but <laughs> he's recording from a remote location today. Um, so <laughs> there might be some connectivity issues going on. <laughs> My guess is he can hear us, but he can't. <laughs> he's gone. I think he, he just realized that in. he can't speak. <laughs> he might pop back in in a in a minute here, so. We can prepare to hear him. Um, but actually, a lot of this reminds me of a, of a quote from um, 
C.S. Lewis. <laughs> Sorry for our listeners. Thomas is trying to get connected here, and um, it's a struggle right now. <laughs> um, but verse 16 in Hebrews 11 says, But now they desire a better that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Um, it reminds me of a C.S. Lewis quote, which I'm sure I've mentioned on this podcast before, but it says, um, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. Um, that yeah. sums it up decently well. Um, you know, as, as sojourners in this world, we are to see a broken world around us. And I think naturally that's going to, we're going to feel something about that. Um, and we're going to feel lost and out of place. And that is normal because we're not made for this world. You know, God didn't design us ultimately to live here. He designed us to live in heaven in a perfect world. Um, and this world is perfect and we are by no means perfect. But that sense in our hearts that's something that we long for. Um, so it's it's it can be difficult living in this world as we see it now. Yeah, and that's where when you look at Peter, that's where he comes from. He's writing this um, in a very difficult time in his life, in a time of suffering and. Um, being persecuted for his beliefs. Um, so, he, you know, he has a lot of credibility for what he's talking about. He establishes here. Um, and then all these other examples too. It's not easy. Um, but I really, I really love the verse at the end here. There, therefore, God is not ashamed to be called God. Um, mm-hmm. It's like bringing up an emotion of God. Um, when you follow God, uh, and love God and find so much joy in him um, that you live for him and are willing to endure anything. Um, God is not ashamed to be called your God when that happens. And I think that's powerful and shows that, you know, God is fighting for us and loves us and roots for us. Um, so, yeah. And then that C.S. Lewis quote, yeah, it is applicable to the world today and then just so hopeful for um, our future and where we where we stand and where our inheritance is. Yes, it is. Um, and Thomas will be unable to join for the rest of the episode. It appears uh, his we at least had him for a little bit. Um, he has asked that we mention John fifteen and abiding in Christ <laughs> as the true vine. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. <laughs> we uh we hope. <laughs> We hope you guys will read John 15 and <laughs> abide in Christ as the true vine. We actually have a couple episodes on it specifically. Um, I would guess where Thomas was heading with this is that he said one good way that we can live out our lives in faith and in hope is by abiding in Christ and realizing that our place is under him. And without him, we are unable to do anything so ultimately mm. keep that in mind <laughs> yeah and we do have a couple episodes on that so we do um, very specifically yeah. mm-hmm. um one more question to ask i mean this this passage that we read in hebrews 11 lists out a lot of people from the bible 
who we can look up to uh, as, you know, examples of sojourners in this land, Abraham, Noah, people who very faithfully, and it is all about faith, I think, very faithfully followed their and followed their God. Um, it goes on to mention, mentions uh, Abel as well. We won't get into detail there because that's not like talking about the murder of Cain and Abel. That's pre-murder. <laughs> um, we don't have time to cover that really, but you can go and read it somewhere in Genesis 4, I want to say. Um, but it talks about Moses, it talks about David, the fall of Jericho, Samuel, Samson, uh, Gideon, all these people who we can look up to and, you know, go look up their stories. Sarah is being one that I mentioned here in verse 11. Um, people who have faith despite the difficult circumstances that they're living in that are caused by the nature of this world. Um, I enjoy some of those. I don't know if you have any other examples that come to mind. Yeah, I think one of my favorite examples and one of my favorite characters in the Bible is this example, and it is Ruth. Um, you know, Ruth is just such a great example of someone who loses her family uh, and can loses her husband and then can has, return back to her homeland to be with a place where she is familiar, but she chooses to family is going through a lot of things herself. She loses her family as well, um, and she's old, and she has no one to care for her or look for her. And Ruth's like, okay, I don't have um, any reason to go to um, Naomi's land and be with her when I can, after losing my family, when I can just go back to my family, because that might be easier. I can go back to my homeland. But Ruth's like, no, because my love for Naomi is greater than my love for myself. I will openly and willingly and lovingly sacrifice myself to go into a foreign land. Um, and that's a great example of trust and love and hope. Um, and we did also did an episode on Ruth where we went into that in detail. Um, it is called Ruth. So <laughs> if you want to yeah. check that out, I, you can go I, find it. <laughs> yeah, you can. I advise that as well. Um, but yeah, there are so many examples. Ruth is just one that comes to mind. And then I guess, Jesus is another example <laughs> yes, as yes. well. You know, he was, before he was sent, was sent down to earth, he was seated at the, you know, the right hand of God in heaven. Um, and then he was sent down to earth as, as a sojourner. Um, and yeah. these, that passage I looked at in Peter ends with, um, for to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. And then quoting, uh, verse from Israel it says who committed no sin nor is deceit found in his mouth uh, so great example of how we should respond to being a sojourner in a foreign land with um, patience and doing good even though we suffer um, we may conduct ourselves honorably as Jesus did example for us yeah I think that's awesome and actually I thought of one more while you were talking about Ruth and one that I think may call for its own solo episode at some point. Um, read the book of Esther. Esther would be a perfect example of someone uh, living for God while living in a under the rule of another kingdom. Um, I believe that's during the Babylonian exile, right? Um, where yeah. Israel is subject to Babylon or Persia. 
um, something like that. I'd have to go back mm-hmm. and read the book. Um, but I think it's a perfect example of what we've talked about today. So it's not a long book. We'll do an episode on it at some point, I'm sure, or a couple. But if you're listening, you want to go read that book, go read the book. Uh, it's a good one. Yeah. But I do like yeah. Jesus' example. That's a great one. He literally came down from different kingdom from up in to live in this world for 30 years. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. And with that in mind, we're going to go ahead and close this thing down. I'll say a quick prayer to finish up, uh, and then we'll get on our, our way. All right. All right. Lord God, we thank you for the chance to sit down and discuss your word again today. I thank you for the discussion that you gave us uh, and the discussion that you inspired among us, among the three of us um, in the fire here today. I pray that we will have the faith um, in you to live out our lives in this world every day, um, following what you have set forth for us in our lives here, but also knowing that there's a greater plan at work and we have that to look forward to. And I pray that we'll use that perspective to guide us in all that we do uh, on a daily basis. Pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Good episode. Great topic. It was a good one to look into, a topic that could be expanded out to several more, like every episode we look at. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, For those who are listening and want to get in touch with us for whatever reason, whether you just want to chat, (laughs) whether you want us to pray about anything or uh, mention anything on the show, whether you want us to cover a specific topic, whatever it may be, we want to hear from you. We are begging to hear from you. We are on our hands and knees begging that you reach out to us. <laughs> we, have two, we have two ways we you need can it. do that. <laughs> we have uh, an Instagram page where you can follow us and DM us. You can comment on a post. We will see it and we will respond. Um, that Instagram is at in the fire podcast, spelled exactly how it sounds. Nothing difficult to it. You can also email us. We would love to hear from you there. And our email is three in the fire at gmail.com. It's number three. And then just the words in the fire at gmail.com. Reach out to us. We love to hear from you. Those who have already reached out, we have enjoyed listening. We enjoyed uh, the comments and we want to hear even more. We want your ideas. So yeah, bring those. We eagerly, we eagerly await anything you have to say questions recommendations comments or criticisms or just prayer requests we're here for you yes we do also i'm going to tease this if you've made it this far in the podcast uh, a little while ago we discussed among the three of us doing a live stream via instagram where we could answer questions yeah i hope that will happen i think it probably will and hopefully we can make it happen soon so mm-hmm. we have no yeah. specifics on that whatsoever but we want to do it. So. But stay tuned. Yeah, we will <laughs> We will try to put that together. Yes, we shall. And uh, we'll go ahead and sign off. So until next week, we'll see you later. Yep. Have a good week, everyone.